1: Good day, once again, everybody. As we welcome you into the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast, it is powered by Patterson Square Garden. Thank you for hopping on board with us. You know, I was I was doing some research the other night uh, about podcast, and podcast really became a big thing about a decade ago, uh, but even more so over the last year because of this thing we got to know called COVID. And I saw a stat that really blew me away that said, as of now. There are over 700,000 active podcasts out there of all shapes and sizes. I mean, hey, look, I started a podcast last September. And now, a couple of guys that you know as former Eagles and guys who were fan favorites, and guys who are also two of my favorites when I cover the team, now have their own podcast on the Inside the Birds uh, YouTube network. Uh, the podcast is called the Q and A Podcast. A great podcast name, and of course, the Q standing for Quentin Michael, the A for Jason Avant. J- guys, welcome to the podcast family. How you guys been? It's been a while since we've, we we've chopped it up a little bit. What's we're up? excited. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. It was cool. It's been cool. It's been a lot of fun. So, so what made you guys decide that you wanted to do a podcast? You know what? Um, I guess I'll speak to that.
0: Um, I was approached by um, um, Adam Kaplan and Jeff um, Mosher. Um about the idea with inside the birds and um, we were talking about it and, and Q was looking to do some of the same things and, and we have so much experience with each other from being teammates for so long and then um, our kids being close to the same age. I know his family and um, it was, you know, it was just a perfect match for for us at this time. Both of us want to grow in the industry and um, and we wanted to get the reps as well. So this has been a great
1: experience for us. So so Q, When you decided you wanted to do a podcast, what did you guys come to a meeting of the minds and decide this is what we want our podcast to be? Well, it really, it really um, came about
2: really organically. And and both Jason and I have done some, some media stuff in the past. And, and oftentimes, um, you know, you, 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 you get coached a certain way, you get told to to say things a certain way. And, and we really just wanted to have a, a podcast that was just honest and where we could just be ourselves. We could talk about the game the way we want to talk about it. We can explain things um, the way we want to explain it, and um, and I, and I think it's been um, we've been getting a lot of really good feedback for that. Where we're just talking about the game. It's like me and him are just hanging out together and in, in, in the locker room just talking. And um, so I think it's really being able to bring the fans and, and people that are interested into what the world of of um, football is like from our perspective and and an honest um, approach. So. That's really the, the the thing that I think um, kind of organically developed between us.
1: I, I wanna ask you both this question and I'll start with Jason. You both have done television, you both have done radio. When you made the transition into a podcast, did those two factors help you ease that much better into doing podcasts? Or is podcast a whole different format to you guys where you can just let it all hang out, you can say what you wanna say, you can dress how you wanna dress, and you can be who you wanna be. Um, I think that,
0: cause I've done, um, you know, TV. TV's the the outlier, right? It's so much different in comparison to radio. Radio, you have to fill so much time. So you have like long periods of time to explain information. So podcasts is like that, but it's a little less formal um, or informal. Um, so I think it's similar to radio, uh, but the topics we get to choose. In radio, they're going to be like pre-prepared questions and or, you know, somebody that's calling in. So we get to vet those questions because our fans will, call, will, will, will you know, um, email us or um, send us direct messages on social media questions for the next show. So we get to see all of these different questions and we basically answer what the people want to hear. And um, that's been very, very fun. But I think radio and podcasting are very similar.
2: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, I, I didn't do so much radio, so I didn't have as much experience with that. But um, definitely with, with the TV stuff, it, um, you know, you, you got to make sure you dress nice, got to have a suit on. And, you know, so it, and I love the fact that it's so much more relaxed. You know, I'm wearing sweatshirt, you know, just like I'm just sitting at home watching the game. So part of it is really cool. And you just you kind of feel more comfortable um, just being yourself. And so you don't have to necessarily put on the front. I don't I don't want to say that you had to put on the front on TV, but there's a little bit of a facade there that that you have in like with the podcast. That's all that's all taken away. Which is really so,
0: cool. so, so, so Gunnar, I would think that and, and I agree with Q, I would think that on television, what makes you one of the best, one of the best then, you know, in Philadelphia, you know, history as far as. Um, radio, um, not radio, but um, TV analyst and, and what you did at, at NBC. Are you,
1: are you trying to make me blush No, no, just, just the you, truth, right? But I thank so you, my brother. It's just talking
0: about, like, you're you're so efficient. And you're efficient with your words, and you, when you're on television, there's only a limited amount of time, so you have to be very, very efficient in your words, and and you have to be perfect almost. Um, when it comes to radio and podcasts, and especially podcasts, you don't have to be perfect because you can take your time. The pressure is not there. There's not someone. Um, you know, telling you a time and you're looking at this camera and that camera. You know, you're looking at this one screen. We're going over our script and it's very, very informal. So you don't have that pressure of being perfect. And I think that's um, something that's uh, very, very appealing.
1: So how much time do you guys put into, in terms of prep time, leading up to your next podcast? And who decides what topics you're going to discuss for that podcast? Well, that- oh. I've just talked, so I'm gonna let you okay. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so
2: so um, you know when when this whole thing, this journey kind of started, um, I reached out to um, Jeff Mosher, and and um, he he um, you know was it was funny how it all came together. Just in a matter of a couple weeks, it came together, and um, so Jeff helps us a ton with with um, you know the production wise and, and behind the scenes stuff, and kind of giving us ideas but a huge part of the show is the the Q&A part where we get a lot of uh, questions from the fans and and we get some really 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 good questions and stuff that I think a lot of people um a lot of people probably think about every day but don't really have that that avenue to really get those questions out and so um you know people they send the questions and in and we get the chance to kind of vet them like, like Jason said. And, and, and the really cool part about this too, is that we get the, we get a lot of the questions ahead of time. So you do get a little bit of time to really think about um, <clears throat> how you want to present your, your answer to the question. And so I think that, that coupled with just the, 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 um, the, Um, help from, you know, Jeff being a producer and and giving us different topics and stuff has really helped a lot. So,
0: yeah. And then, and then whatever we want to discuss, that's on the table. So the stories that come that you hear on the Q and A show whether they're, you know, our experiences or some funny story from my childhood, those things happen kind of organically. And that's the beautiful thing about the podcast is because it may jog our memory of something funny that you did in the locker room. And I can tell that story um, as long as it's in, in, in unison of w- with everything else that's going on at, the, at that time.
1: Okay, so when, when you get questions from fans, you know in some ways it could leave you open now, and I know how football players look. Q's already laughing, yes. see? Uh, I see, uh, and I know how football players/slash ex-football players are, whether you're in the game or out of the game, you're still a part of that fraternity. Yeah. So, do you have to kind of guard yourself in terms of we want to be informative, but we don't want to reveal too much about certain situations in the past or certain individuals in the past? H- how difficult is that? gauging the two of trying to educate fans, yet being protective of that fraternity?
0: Look, you want me to answer
1: that? See, nobody wants to jump (laughs) in and answer that first, see?
0: I'll say this, is that you always have to border a fine line, but you got to remember, too, the players, we're deceived former players, current players, we're deceived into protecting something that isn't real. And and I'll say this is that yes, our our, our time spent is real. Yes, the locker room and the camaraderie is real, but the business side of it is the realest thing there. And when the team gets done with you and they cut you and they don't want you back in the building anymore, that's the realest thing that they can do. Right. So a lot of times we are the protectors of information. Like, like this isn't a business and we're on this on on the outside looking in and, um, and it's a new team now. And we have to make sure that we're going about our daily lives. Like this podcast, yes, it's fun and all those things, but it's a business as well. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a hard line. I'll, I'll be as completely honest as I can, unless it's a story that can get somebody in trouble, <laughs> right? So, I'll, so so if somebody played bad or they sucked or something like, I don't mind saying any of those things, but if it's something that can lead someone into trouble, um, because there's some stuff that goes in the locker room that uh, that can get people in trouble.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: We don't want to
1: be, you know, snitching on people. So All that's, right. not, that's not right. the goal. And you, how difficult is it for you to to, to bite your tongue at times? <laughs> it's not, it's not, too, it's
2: not too difficult. Cause you know, the, the thing that I look at it is it's there. a lot of the situations that we talk about, um, there are things that happen to us. Those are things that happen, um, from our, our point of view, from our experiences mm-hmm. and they're all true. Mm-hmm. And so, um, to what Jason said, a hundred percent, I'll never, will never put anyone in, tr- in a situation that'll get them in trouble. Um, we might, you know, we'll put them in a situation where it, it, it's a funny situation. And, you know, it's it's some but it's true. Like if you go like a lot of the, you know, if you go and ask, you know, certain person if we're talking about them, even if 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 I said so-and-so was terrible, they would probably say, Yeah, I, I was I was pretty terrible that game, or I was pretty <laughs> terrible that year. So it's all truth. It's all stuff that's happened to all of us. And um, again, like Jason said, we would never, you know, throw anyone out there like that.
1: Mm. Hey, did both of you guys have aspirations of, of making a transition into the media in, in some format uh, after your playing days were all said and done? I mean, like we talked about, you, you both got started in TV. Um, you're done a little radio, and, and now you're doing your own podcast. I mean, were both of you working towards this as players? I would say for me, I I I I, I wasn't. So I
2: did I did a little bit of TV when I was um, when I was playing. I did a little bit after retirement. And I just it kind of soured on me really quickly just because, um, you know, I, I felt like um, I didn't want to be coached to be a certain way. And so, again, this this whole podcast and I'm still learning how to deal with the podcast, how to how to how to, you know, get on and do that whole thing. So um, I'm, I'm still in the learning process. And so for me personally, it wasn't something that I, I had, had aspirations to do but I just kept looking and I said like, there's so many, there's so much about the game that people may or may not know. There's so many things that I have inside my brain that can, you know, help maybe the younger kids that are listening or maybe a coach or maybe a, a player that has aspirations to play in the league or coach or whatever. So um, there's so much knowledge in there between me and Jason. I'm like, we got to be able to have an avenue to get this out to people. Yeah. I, I would say that, um, I didn't think
0: that it would be, but as I got out of the game, I started to miss the game. And I realized that this is an avenue that I can continue to stay a part of it. Um, And then it kind of happens organically where I'm always being, um, you know, asked or requested to do these things. And I realized that that first person perspective, um, especially from, you know, a perspective where you had to study and understand and know the game. And that's the, that's the difference, I believe, when Q and I talk about the game. There, there, there are guys that are extremely talented but can't explain the game. Um, and they never had to use, um, you know, tact, wisdom technique in order to stay in the NFL because they were supremely gifted and talented. And both of us had to overcome a bunch. So the the fine details and techniques and things of that nature, we know about and being able to disseminate that in a way that the fans can can understand, um, we see value and, and purpose in it. So originally, not so much. But as I got More requests and I begin to see that there's value in what I'm saying and what I'm doing. It can be helpful. That's when I decide, okay, let's go after. But I was the only one in the locker room um, most of the time when the media was there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know, because there were players like like Quentin that would tell you a D gun, I'll be right back. Uh, I'm gonna take a shower two hours later. That's the longest shower in America. You didn't see it. Next thing you know, you look. And he's back there with the rest of the players in their lounge area, <laughs> chilling out. I'm like, really? Really? I'm standing here with you. this how you could do me. Really? I mean, I would say this. Most players are a master of deception. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey gun, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll be right back, man. I'm, and I know doggone well. I covered this I game mean, over four yeah. decades. I know doggone well about the tone and the voice. <laughs> You're not coming, coming back, like and so so <laughs> other media people will be standing there going, "You think they're coming back? No, yeah. go home. <laughs> they're not coming back, man. <laughs> you, you know." But yeah, I mean, you know, Q, uh, your perspective on yeah, no, he... on what on what Jason was just talking about. Oh yeah, no, um, I
2: agree one hundred percent, and um, I. Yeah. I I think so. As I was listening to Jason, the first thing that kept popping up in my head is that, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure Jason gets this too. You go to a family barbecue, or you go to um, the store. Or you you see someone, they always want to talk. Hey. Everywhere. What's up with the Eagles? Like, what's going on? I'm yeah. like, dude, I've been retired yeah. for like eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't been, I haven't been in the locker room, so I don't know. So this has been real cool to to um, have the opportunity to where, you know, if, if people do have questions, send them in that way and we can answer them for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm tired of the, you know, the questions at the barbecues and all that. <laughs> stuff. So that's kind of where it all began with me. So.
0: And then you get tired of, you, you get tired of like, like having that first person knowledge of things when you sit there and you listen to analysts and you're looking at a play and he's like, it's this. I'm like, yes. dude, you have zero, <laughs> zero idea right now.
1: <laughs> and, and they're getting paid seven yeah, figures seven to give figures. you their yeah, analysis. I'm like, I'm like you, you have yeah. no
0: idea right now. No, he's not, he's not designed to be open on this play. He's actually clear I, out I, right now. Exactly. I, I I'm gonna let you I'm
1: gonna let you in on a little secret there's a lot of people in my industry that have master degrees in BS. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there for conversation. But you know, Q, you brought up something a little while ago and, and I've always found this interesting because I've asked so many players, not just football players but players in general, this, once they've uh, hung up the cleat, so to speak, and made that transition into the media. And all of a sudden, you you guys become on my side of the microphone, mm-hmm. where you have to sit there and you have to analyze and you have to critique guys, some of which that you might have played with not that much long ago. And how uncomfortable for that was that for you guys initially compared to how comfortable is it for you now to still do it?
2: So... I think with with the podcast, it's it's much easier. I think so. When I when I first started doing TV after I retired, I had a really really hard time with that. And a lot of times, um, it was it wasn't so much that um, I, for instance, would go on TV and say, "Oh, this you know this person was terrible, that was terrible." I would go on and try to right. explain, okay, you know, so and so got beat on this play. Well, this is the reason why he got beat on this. You know, he took a false right. step, or he didn't jam when he's supposed to, or he didn't get his proper depth. So I was looking at it as from that, that point of view of explaining what the mistake was and how he could get better. And a lot of times in the, on certain media, they don't wanna hear that. They want they want you to be right, like, right. Yeah, he sucks, he sucks. And so I never really, you know, I, I look at it as a point of, from the point of, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you what you did, what this person did wrong and if they, continue to do wrong then then that's on them and so i don't at this point i don't have any trouble doing that because i think i'm looking at it from the perspective of not a hater but as an educator for other people that are watching okay and sometimes that might sometimes that might be better for them because there are times and times when i play where you know if i i look like i got beat but maybe I was covering for someone else. And there were times where I absolutely got my butt with, my butt with, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and so that's just part of it. So um, that's, that's kind of the
1: way I looked at it. Jason, how have you handled it? Um, I think you just can't get caught up in the theatrics
0: of all of this, right? So, because there is a content portion of this and we're trying to make interesting content and the interesting content a lot of time goes over into the lane of person, of, of being personal. And remember, we have a job to do. It's my job to assess someone's play. It has nothing to do with his family. It has nothing to do with his looks. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has to do with his play or her play or whatever it may be. And, and if we can stick to that, I have enough evidence, substantial evidence, because the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And us knowing a game, we're not going to be too far off. But Is it hard? Yes, it's hard, but you got to do it. It's hard because the generation of kids focus on the media. My generation, we were told to run from the media. Therefore, guys were in the locker room in the back trying to run from you guys. Right. So that was just the nature of our generation is that the coaches would always make you guys the bad guys, right? Uh, Guys that are trying to look for stories and divide the team. So you guys were were bad. Nowadays, social media and all these things um, gets to the player a little bit differently. So they take words that are against them, um, or against their 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 play, or or speaking you know facts about their play as you know um, you know disrespect. So you can get used to a player you know you know direct message you man you a chump or you this or that. I'm like, look, you sucked the last game. And and all I did was say it. The coach told you in the meeting room. Yeah. <laughs> you play better. That's it. It's okay. It's okay. All of us have had that uh-huh. game. I didn't say that that we were free from not playing bad. Yeah, we play bad. But
1: don't make it a habit or yeah. you won't be around. And that's all we. Say. That's <laughs> it right there. That's it. you know what I mean. All right, all right. So now you guys are savvy media veterans. So I'm going to put you on the spot with a couple of Uh-oh, questions. oh there it is. Oh, Q's man. going first. Uh, I'm going to talk. Uh, both of them, both <laughs> of them at the same time said, oh, geez, here he comes. I knew D-Gun was setting me up for something. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start with okay. Q. Q, I want you to give me your best critique of Jason as a broadcaster.
2: Of Jason? Jason is yep. a phenomenal broadcaster. He's very, very um, insightful in the way he talks. Um, he takes... So, and I say this, I feel like I say this almost every, every episode, like I, as much football as I've learned in my life and played in my life, I feel like I learned something from him every single time we have a podcast. Um, and, and a lot of it is because obviously it's different positions, but even little things that um, um, I never really thought about from a defensive perspective. Like I remember we had one podcast where you were talking on, um, Jason was explaining, um, you know, on, on first down, um you, sir, you you run, basically you run certain plays on first down, you run certain plays on, on second down. And then third down is the down where you're going to be looking for your, your, your guy. So just the way he breaks things down, the way he explains things, I learned something all the time. And, you know, he's got nothing but, but confidence, nothing but style and the way he delivers. Like, I just, I just enjoy just listening to him. And I find oftentimes where I'm just sitting there just like, Taking it all in like I, like I'm listening to the podcast myself at home. And so I think he's done a great job. It's been um it's been it's been a great experience and I've been learning a lot. So look,
0: see so Q buttering me up here. <laughs> <No, laughs> that's, that's here
1: yeah. D
0: the, the gun is like, dude, now tell me the, the critical part of it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm waiting for the real stuff here. Come on now. <laughs> no, you know, Q Q's being very diplomatic here. I like it's this. Right. But I you know, I'm looking for the nitty-gritty now. <laughs> no,
2: like. Honestly, it's been and and a lot of it is just his personality, and that's why we've always kind of had had a good rapport with each other, and um, you know we, we think alike a lot of yeah. times, yeah. And yeah. then you know the the way we both came up, I mean, it's just it's just like we're reflections of each other, just on the opposite side of the ball, which is really cool. Yeah, Jason, you get to critique
1: him now. <laughs> I it's,
0: there's really no critiques. Um, I think that that Q, what Q does really well is down the yeah. X's and O's of the game. When he's talking about coverages or he's talking about fronts or he's talking about those things, like he, one episode, he brung out, you know, his whiteboard and showed it. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. we're showing where where, where, right. the, where, 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 you know, certain fronts. fronts are, like 4-3, yeah. you know, this front or that front. And breaking it down in in just layman's terms to the fans, that's what makes our show exciting. And um, he always has an upbeat um, you know, spirit and tempo. And we just, we sure. mesh really well together. And I know that he knows what he's talking about. So when he's talking about defense, I'm thinking about certain plays that could have, like, if you're talking about certain, you know, certain coverages, I'm like, man. Right. Or, or certain certain things or technique. And I'm like, dude, maybe that's why I got covered in that, You know, <laughs> like, so I'm thinking
1: about, I'm thinking about a bunch <laughs> of different things
0: at, at the same time. Um, so there's really no critique Um as far as both of us are growing. And we know that we're not there yet. Both of us have um, times where we're extremely low when we're talking.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and I know mm-hmm. from television, they want you to be, hey, how's you doing? Today? <laughs> you know, say they yeah, want you to be yeah, loud yeah. and project yeah. and those things. So both of us have to work on, you know, some technical aspects of our, our um, you know, our game, so to speak. But
1: um, I, I enjoy the show with them. I, I enjoy the show. Uh, I, I listen to it occasionally. Um, and, and like I was telling Jason before we started this podcast, um, you know, I've been covering the game for over four decades. And yeah, I learned a lot from you guys. I learned little things. You know, and I always tell my kids and I tell other people I don't care how old you get, you never stop learning in life. There's always things you can learn in life. And, and you know, as well as I think I know the game, I, I mean, listen to guys like you, uh, obviously, the guys like Seth Joyner, you always learn mm-hmm. something. And so that's why I'm always I'm always trying to learn and I'm always listening, and, and you know I, I listen to you guys. And the one thing that just came to mind—it wasn't even on my list of questions to ask you—but with the wealth of knowledge that you both have, why are you two not coaching in the National Football League? <laughs> I mean, have, you, have you seen uh, uh, the hours that those guys put? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But but Q, you got like twenty kids. <laughs> Don't you need the money? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he's got a he's got a army.
2: <laughs> Maybe someday. That's something. So I, I I kind of I've been coaching my, my son and my coach at the local high school, Clearview High School. And <clears throat> that's been kind of a fun way to, to... defensive
1: coordinator, <laughs> yeah. Clearview High School. What?
2: What? Yep. DC? Yeah, yep, yep. It's gonna be my first year. Okay. So let's let's see how that go, goes before. <laughs> We talk about we talk about going to the next, you know, higher levels. But no, it's just been a fun well, way to stay around yeah. the game and, and uh you know, keep my mind sharp and you know, maybe one day, but right now I'm just enjoying retirement and doing these podcasts. <laughs> Jason, what
0: about you, man? Um, so, I, so for people that don't know this, I was a part of the Eagles coaching staff last year. Yeah, um, I was. I was there yep. for internship. Doug and um, Aaron Moorhead wanted me to stay to help with some of the younger receivers. I didn't get a chance to do that as much as I wanted to, but um, <laughs> you know, but it but it was a fun experience. But I realized in that moment, I love my kids and I love my freedom way more than I love being around the facility because the national football league, there is an expected time that you spend in, 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 in the, in the locker room or in the, in the meetings. So um, the coaches got to be there at 7.00 AM. And if they leave before 9.00 PM, you know, they're slacking. Most guys don't get out there at 10. Their work is done at around seven and they're just sitting Mm. around two, three hours because it's not socially accepted to, out of there early, and and when you have kids and you have other things, um, it's very very hard to do. So the hardest part for me, most people know this, but um, I'm the owner of Launch Trampoline Park in our area, yep. and 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 I've been a business owner for you know five years now, and it's very very hard to go from creating your schedule, creating everyone's schedule around. To being on a time crunch because you're coaching, mm-hmm. so those aspects of it made me um, say, you know what, coaching may not be for me at this stage. Maybe after my kids are grown up and I have more free time, and I and and I can be bogged down with those hours. Maybe not now. Right.
1: You know, a small part of the reason why I asked you both this question was because, you know, when I when I've asked former football players, why are you not in the coaching fraternity? In recent years, the common denominator has been, "Hey, man, I don't want to coach these players nowadays. Mm-hmm. These players, these players are not—they're not trained like we were trained in, in terms of you know you—you got to treat players nowadays individually. You can't yell at them all collectively. Yeah. Some players are more sensitive than others. I, is it really that? I, I don't like—I don't want to say that bad, but is that what we're really looking at now in terms of how you have to to coach? But you know, when I played in high school and college, it's like everybody got yelled at." And you just manned up and took it, and tried to get better, so you didn't get yelled at. Now you're talking about having therapists on the field for players and stuff like this. You know, you got to coach 53 people individually nowadays. Is that what we've come to? Yeah,
2: it's it's a different world. Um, I would let you talk because you, yeah. you you're coaching you know high schoolers right now. Yeah, it's a different world, and and you know the the way I, I don't I hate to I hate to put it this way, but you know the era where everyone everyone gets a trophy, you know, everyone gets an award, you know, everyone wins. It's created, it's created this sense that you can't be held accountable, right? It's created this sense that if I get yelled at, then he don't love me. And so, or he doesn't respect me or he doesn't do this. And, and, and and I was actually fortunate in my career. I had coaches that were more like an educator and that's the way I would, I would look at it. I'm, I'm educating you. Right. And so um, the yelling part, it's part of the game, and I I, I do think that um, that part of it's missing, and that would be difficult to try to <laughs> try to coach a guy, you know, and and he just goes in the tank because that's what he's used to, and that's what he's dealt with his whole life, and and it worked for him. So you gotta what you have to look at is try to make them unlearn that, and 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 reach them at a different level. And sometimes as an ex-player, you might not have the patience to do it. Mm-hmm. We, because that's not how you were taught. Yeah, right. Exactly. We talked about it not on this show, but maybe
0: on a previous show. Maybe, you know, two shows ago, we talked about this a little bit. And there's a positive side to the bullying crisis, right? And but there's a negative side too. The positive side is that those people that have been atrocious and been, you know, sexist and racist and whatever is Um, to people. And we're, we're saying cut it out, stop it. That's wrong. That's a great thing. Anybody that's watching the show, that's a great thing. But also we've taken out with that the ability for kids to make fun of other kids at times, right? Now, I'm not saying that we want kids to be bullied, but if your hair is not Combed, and somebody says, "Hey, man, you can use a brush right now." And somebody started laughing. Now this kid is traumatized, and he's talking about mom and suicide and all type of stuff. Rather than having enough gumption, enough you know, heart to say, "Man, you know what, man? But at least I'm not flooding right now." Your, your shorts, you <laughs> I mean, your are, like, shorts <laughs> Oh right come now. on! Man. You know whatever it may be, right? So that right, those right. are the snapbacks we had. And as much as I love the new generation and their ability to stand for causes. We just don't have enough kids with enough heart to fight against and be able to deal with critique and deal with um, pressure and deal with the media or deal with problems because everyone is coddling our kids. And and um, so, yes, this time dealing with players, you basically have to massage. Every coach is massaging the whole time. They treat kids the entire time like they're being recruited. Back in our days, the only time the coach was a nice team when you were being recruited. And there was no more being nice after that. Now it's a whole recruitment process the entire time they're in high school, the entire time they're in college, the entire time they're in the pros. Otherwise, the kid is going to be disgruntled. They can come out and say claims about you, and you didn't do this and that and the other, and people are going to gravitate to it. It's too much.
1: Mm. Well <laughs> stated by by both of you. Well stated. All right, I'm going to put you guys on the spot again one more time, and I'm going to start with – uh I'm gonna start with oh, Jason this goodness. time. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Tell me the funniest story you can about Q. Oh, the funniest story about you. Something we may not know that you can tell us about Q. Ah, oh, I don't know. Um Come on, we're just talking. Now. Nobody's listening. No, I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody's we're just listening. talking. See, this
0: is we're... on the spot though. This yeah, is that's... a question that needs to be
1: like <laughs> well, I hope, look, I hope this not... is like, this look. this is time that this is the type of you know, um look, this is this is what being in the media is all about.
0: It's the probably the story that it's the probably the story that most people would know now is that Q Q uh, sitting in Q sitting in the um in, in front of the huddle, um in in, in right in the front, Brian Dawson's giving his his elaborate, you know, hype-up speech. And, uh, yeah. and and Dawkins would get crazy, make it hit. And, and Dawkins hauls off and just punches Q as hard as he could. <laughs> that story was great, by the way. That was a great story. I <laughs> never me, heard that story to before. To me, that was hilarious, right? So I would say that's one of the funniest that I know of
1: right off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. All right, Q, give me some funny dirt on Jason. Some funny dirt? Uh-huh. Come on now. Come on. I know you know something. See, you've had time to prepare. I thought <laughs> Jason off guard. Whole time, you had a couple couple of minutes to prepare. Now the whole time I was panicking. Like, let me think. Let me, let think. me think of somebody. Like- <laughs> That's crazy on the spot. Let me see. Could be on the field, off the field. Man, you remember hey. the time I fought Jason short? <laughs> no. What? Wait! 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 Fought- what? what? You fought Jason short? Yeah, wait, you, wait! 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 What was dude, this? This dude was crazy. <laughs>
2: uh, so, when was this? So Jason Short, do you remember Jason Short, right D-Gun? Yes, yes. If I don't, I gotta be careful what I say cause I don't want him trying to find me. <laughs> 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 this dude, like he would he would fight anybody at the drop of a hat. Like, like. wait, are you talking about the uh,
0: Cleveland game? No, it wasn't in Cleveland. So Jason Short, Jason Short for for the, for the fans out there Jason Short was the classic meathead. He was 6'2. He was 265 pounds. Wedge
2: buster.
1: Like run, <laughs> run full
0: speed in the middle of four people every time, didn't care, and was like, yeah, you know, he was just the classic yeah, yeah. love contact. If he's not playing football, he's either like, you know, yeah, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. Right. <laughs> so um, but Jason, good teammate, but he was crazy. And we, you know, Harbaugh at that time, you had to cover full punts and, and training camp, full kickoff, full kickoff return. You had to do it full speed every time. And um, I remember Jason Short being the end, and I'm at and I'm at um, you know slot on the punt, left slot, right, right. And Jason Short is like running full speed. You know, I'm right out of college. This is my first year. I'm on, I'm still on point. Right. And uh, I'm 205. This dude is 265 <laughs> running full speed with me. Ah, bam. I'm like,
1: yo, what
0: is wrong with you? Right? Like, you're not going to block the punt, but he's doing, ah, boom, ah, boom. I'm like, this happened like five times in a row. And Harbaugh is yelling at me, get off the block. Jason Short's kicking your ass. Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Right? So the fifth time comes around, he comes in there. I laid it into him, and then he gonna you know you know push me down the field, and I stopped, and I just swung and hit him in his face through helmet, and, and, oh and, and, and yeah, and he and he just stopped and looked like this. I was what? like somebody come break it up, come break it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come
1: break it up. Somebody come break it up. Somebody come break it up. Oh, so he started. To- oh, so you were one of them guys like yeah, don't let me get the- next <laughs> to you, but. I hope three or four no, people standing between listen, us.
0: If you know Jason Short, you know how big I am and how big yeah. he is. Right, like, right. If we get into a tussling match, we, I'm not gonna win a tussling match. Maybe a boxing match because I got a little hand. But, but. If Yo, Jason. <laughs> no,
2: real, Jason. Jason Short actually. Remember when uh, Bernard Hopkins came to visit the facility? Were you on? The, no, I, I wasn't. That might have been a year before you. Jason Short actually thinks or thought that he would he would beat Bernard Hopkins in a boxing match. Like that's what that like. He was a hundred percent dead serious. Like, no, nah, I, I could I could I could beat him. Like, I could
1: okay. beat him. Dude was,
2: yeah. Crazy. Yeah. was crazy. Yeah. What that's, that's him. Yeah, but but
0: but long story short, um, some people came in and broke up the fight, but he never ran that hard against me again. He respected me after that point. <laughs> there you go. So you gotta, you can't let you can't just keep taking it. <laughs>
1: hey, 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 do you guys do you guys miss playing the game or are you content that your time has come and gone?
2: I miss playing. Um, I miss, Yeah. you know what's funny? Um, the thing I miss the most, I miss the games a lot, but I also okay. miss, I miss the game planning. I miss during the week watching film and, and studying the guy and, and figuring out what the offense is trying to do. So, I do miss the game and, and, you know, we kind of talk about on the podcast, the locker room, locker room, but the thing I miss the most is the preparation, the time during the week that it takes, because when you get to game, that's when it's all fun. That's when it's all, you just cut it all loose. And, you know, the the thought process of figuring guys out and figuring offenses out was the part that I probably missed the most.
0: Jason. Uh, So that's that's a loaded question for me. So. Okay. I miss the game in the aspect of uh, being around the game of football, me okay. playing it. Absolutely not. Like why? Because I, when I think of it, my body hurts. Okay. Right. So right. And knowing how I am now, if, 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 if you can ask me a question, that question, I can be, you know, 10 years younger or, or, okay. more, you know, that would be a different subject. But as it is and as it stands, when I think about the game and I look at the game, I realize that all the preparation that it takes and all of the time and and those things, I'm like, dude, I, I just don't have that in me. So. Okay. But it's all but right. but from the from being around the game, yes, everyone misses being around the game, namely the camaraderie. If we can take, if all the guys that play can live in a big community, that would be a fun community, oh my right? God. And it wouldn't be <laughs> that would be a real fun community. We, we need to do that. You know, the old people got Sun City in Texas and Florida, where they go down and oh, chill, yeah. right? We need to get oh, an yeah. old ex football player community. That would be a fun. Community. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have a lot of injuries. <laughs> Man, you hear, you hear about. I hear about Kirsch man. He blew his knee out playing Batman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know you guys have a, a lot of other things to do. But I have just a few more questions before I let you go. One is obviously uh, now let's get to the, to the nitty gritty, which is uh, your former team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, jump in wherever you want. But your general thoughts on um, the the transitioning of this. This organization. I mean, it's, it's very rare we see both the head coach and a franchise quarterback leave in the same year. Uh, so now you have a, a new untested head coach. You still have an untested young quarterback who has four games of experience under his belt. You have a whole wealth of uh, young, still untested wide receivers. A lot of question marks and linebackers. Question marks about the cornerback opposite Darius Slay. Um, just your general thoughts in the direction that this team is going in right now. Whew. Q,
2: that's on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so and Q, I notice he likes to throw you <laughs> under the bus a lot too. I start. So I started this um, when we started our our, our our podcast. One of the first things that I said is that we, as 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 fans, analysts, former players, uh, just understand this is uncharted territory, and understand that. It's gonna take a while to get back to where it used to be, and right. and for everything that you just said, it's a young team, first year coach. I mean, the the coach, the entire coaching staff is young. You know, got questions left and right. And so, the way I look at it, the state of the franchise is it's in a situation where it's obvious it's rebuild mode. Um, <clears throat> can we be competitive? I think. I think if if Jalen is who we think he is. Um, you know, if if um, if our de- if our defense kind of steps up and um, starts to kind of come back together and, and has a little bit more fire in the way that they play, especially on third down, I think we will have a chance. But I'm not really expecting much early. I think it's going to be a, a complete rebuilding process, and we're at the we're at the ground right now. It's going to take a while to get back, and and it really all is going to fall on how Jalen Hurts develops. I mean. You know, obviously he's the starting quarterback. And, and if, if Sirianni can put the right pieces around him and, and get the right scheme going, um, you know, we'll see. But right now I just think we just have to have patience as as uh, as fans okay. and former players. And, and let's just have patience right now. So we'll see. Mr. abach yeah.
0: uh, So, yes, what Q said, I agree with <laughs> totally. Um, the thing is, is that as the – My time in Philadelphia, for sure, since I've been living here, not just me playing, but since I've been living here, there was always optimism going into the next season. And it's very, very hard to establish that optimism when you fire your head coach, you fire your franchise quarterback. And there's so much bickering and so many stories being leaked. And you know that those stories sometimes are leaked by the organization and those people that are protecting their interests. When you see all of the, um, you know, schisms or, um, you know, mm-hmm. disjointedness of the teams. Like when you see those see those things, you only can think that, man, our team is heading in the wrong direction. Um, so right. with the moves that have been made, it's a plus to get Devontae, um you know, Smith. It's a plus to get Anthony Harris. It's a plus to get some of these guys that, that, that we got in free agency. But nobody has been, you know, a plus to the point that puts us in true contention for a Super Bowl, and I don't think any fan in their right mind is coming into the season saying our team is built to win a Super Bowl. We will be happy mm-hmm. with a you know ten and seven record um, or what have you, um, because this team, for us, getting to the playoffs, I believe, is the goal. Um, the competitive part. We hope that Coach Sirianni, um, Siriani's practicing what he preaches and, and giving us that competition each each week. And we know in our division, our, t- our divisions hadn't been the best in the last few years. So we know that we win our division, which would probably be ten and seven. Um, you can you can slide into playoffs.
1: Okay, final question to you both, and I'm gonna hit you up first, Jason. Uh, what do you th- you guys think about the new scheduling format? One more additional regular season game, but one less preseason game. Um,
0: I don't think that, I, I don't like the NFL in that, in that thought process. I, I just don't. The reason I don't okay. is because um, the reason our game stands out amongst the games and amongst the leagues is because we have so few games. And we're still matriculating in the direction of more games, which the NBA needs to cut their games and which the MLB mm-hmm. needs to cut their games and which the NHL needs to cut their games in order to become more like us, because the less games you play and you make it event, you're going to have more people interested. The more games okay. you have, the less interested people are because it's not rare anymore. So I don't like the idea from, a, from the, from, you know, just the, The longevity of the game. And then when I think about the the player safety aspect of it, don't tell me that you care about a player, the player safety and you continue to add games to the schedule. You know that these games are very, very dangerous. Guys are getting hurt each and every week. And um, a preseason game having off preseason game is for somebody. The players don't. Most of the good players don't play in the preseason. Right, so that's mm-hmm. not doing us mm-hmm. any favors. You're just adding one more game, and um, and 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 we'll see how the payment schedule is going with that. But it's probably, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of going in, in that direction for more games. I think it should okay. be either less games or stay keep it the same. If it's not broke,
2: don't fix. Cute. It. Okay, yeah, cute. And I agree with with Jay, and I'm gonna add. So the way I'm looking at it, <clears throat> and I agree with everything he said. But to me, um the, the most difficult part. For me, as a former player, as a former, you know, rookie free agent, those preseason games mean everything for an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. That's your not mm-hmm. op- your opportunity to get seen. It's your opportunity to get filmed. It's your opportunity to show that you at least deserve the chance to to play on the team. So, you know, by by taking that that game away, <clears throat> that extra game, and it used to be four. I mean, for for a rookie free agent, you mm-hmm. get four opportunities. Mm-hmm plus practice to show what you can do before mm-hmm. cuts. And so now you're talking about, you know, taking one of those games away and and we all know coaches, they're going to make sure that their, their starters are ready. So that takes away, basically that's, you have one game as a undrafted guy or one game as a rookie to really show what you can do to try to make a team. So for me, that's the most disappointing thing from this whole thing. I hate, I hate adding more games. I hate the fact that we even considered it. Um, and I hate the fact that you're taking away opportunities for a guy that, you know, that would have been in my position. I would have never been here today if I didn't have this opportunity. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, man. And, and and I'm really I'm actually really surprised that it was it was um, able to push through because, you know, I remember when we were still playing, they were talking about adding two games and we were like, right, Hell right. no, you know, And so, right. you know, in right. and, and one game. That's, I mean, you might as well have five at that point. <laughs> it's a 100% injury rate in this game, you know, so I don't like it.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, the bottom line is why the league did it is all about that almighty dollar. dollar. Um, yeah. You know, there's no question they are the richest sports conglomerate on the planet for a but reason. They want more. Uh, the NFL, yep, the NFL indeed knows how to make money. Quit, Michael, Absolutely. Jason Avant. Man, I can't thank you guys enough for uh spending some time with D gun chopping it up. It's been a while since we've circled back to talk. You know, Jason, Jason always answer my text when I text him. Quentin, I might hear from him three weeks later, <laughs> a month later, something like that. You know, I know eventually I'll hear from I mean him. Em. But it takes a while, but that's all right we'll though. Be out there like but that. I can't thank you guys. <laughs> we'll huh? be out there like oh that. yeah, you know, you know, oh yeah, you know, I got I got to do that, you know. But I can't thank uh, you guys enough. Um uh, for taking time to chop, chop it up with D-Gunner. Don't be surprised if I hit you up down the road to talk more football as we get closer to the NFL season. All right, that's uh, going to wrap up the latest edition of Gun On One, the podcast, powered by Patterson Square Garden. Uh, for Quentin Michael, Jason Q&A Avon, A show. Uh, don't forget the Q&A show. Don't forget to listen to the Q&A show. Watch the Q&A show on the Inside the Bird YouTube channel. Not only are these two guys funny, but they're awful, extremely informative, just like they were whenever they talked, when they played in the National Football League. So until next time, as always, everybody out there listening, thank you. Stay blessed, but more importantly, continue to be a blessing with each and every person you encounter. Until next time, we out. Gun on One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Alvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you.